are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. Good morning. Good to see all you guys. Good morning, all of you up at the mills. I'm glad Pastor Bill gets to hang out with you guys. I'm sure you're all having a good time up there. Um, What a great morning to come and worship God. And uh, we're in this series called Reverberations. Echoes from the Life of Jesus, and I want to plug this book, uh, as Pastor Bill has done as well. We're kind of plugging this during this Reverberations theme. Uh, It's called, Who Is This Man? by John Ortberg. Uh, Talk to one of us, and you can figure out how to get a copy here at Riverside, or you can go and uh, pick up your own or download your own. That's going to help you engage with what we're talking about a lot better. Um, And the whole concept of this, this theme is that Jesus changed our world more than any other person. And this morning, we're going to focus on Jesus the teacher. That's who we're talking about this morning. And for me, uh, that kind of hits close to home in a personal way. And I know everyone in here, when you hear the word teacher, different things probably come to your your mind or your heart or your head. You have different emotions, different thoughts. Uh, For me, I lived in the home of a teacher. So when I hear the word teacher, I see piles of books. I see graded and ungraded stacks of papers all over the house. You know, I see my dad uh, with his tie on uh, laying down on the couch and going from school just to take a quick nap and not even changing, you know, his, his, his teacher outfit. And uh, growing up in the home of a teacher was, was an interesting thing. So for all of us, it, it conjures up these different images of what a teacher is and what teaching is, it, depending on what your experience with teachers has been, or what your experience with teaching has been, and I'm thankful mostly to my dad, though he was a, he was a teacher, and I thought that was a really great thing for him to do. I went to the high school he taught at, uh, but despite that, I was, I was thankful that my dad introduced me to the teacher. That was his legacy in my life. He introduced me to Jesus, and uh, since we're talking about Jesus the teacher, that connection for me between my dad and his faith and helping me understand who the real teacher was uh, is real special and important to me as I think about the subject matter we're, we're talking about today. But when you think about education, think about universities and colleges and um, study, science, you know, a lot of times maybe you don't think about Jesus as being connected to those things, but the truth is that some of the biggest echoes or reverberations from Jesus have been followers of Jesus who have started, really, if you think about it, some of the most noteworthy institutions of higher learning in our country and abroad. If you really do your research and look at the schools and see who started them and the reasons they started them and what the foundations are of those schools, a lot of it connects back to Jesus. So much of what we celebrate in our culture regarding education and study and science relates back to followers of Jesus who took his teaching in their lives and believed that study and education and loving God with your mind could be used to bring us closer to God. And not only that, but that education and study should enhance what we as followers of Jesus can do in the world for his kingdom and on his behalf. So this whole piece of education really does connect with Jesus, and we experience it every day. For some of you guys who walk the hallways of schools, every day you are experiencing, you're living in an echo of Jesus Now, the question is, when you bump into one of those reverberations, when you're rooting for your favorite team that's connected to one of these schools that's connected to followers of Jesus, what do you do when you bump into the echo of Jesus? When you hear a reverberation that really, ultimately, comes from Jesus, the teacher, and his followers, how do you handle that? How do you respond when you recognize the fact that Jesus really is the source of that? How should you? And that's the question we're going to work on for a few minutes this morning, is how should you respond 
to the teachings of Jesus. And if you think about it, if you read the scriptures, many people called Jesus teacher. And they did it for different reasons. Some were just fake. They did it as a way to just, uh, you know, it was cultural. They, they were kind of flattering him in a way that was not sincere. Some of the teachers of the law did that. Others were very sincere when they called Jesus teacher. So the reasons ran the gamut. And as the reasons that people called Jesus teacher ran the gamut, their responses to his teaching also ran the gamut. If you read the Gospels, people had all kinds of different reactions. Anger and confusion and, you know, blown away, awe. You read all of these different responses to Jesus' teaching, but all of those reactions have one thing in common. No matter what you think about the teachings of Jesus, how you'd respond to hear his words, how crazy one person thinks it is and how awesome another person thinks it is, the one thing is true that no one taught like he taught. No one taught like Jesus taught. And no one's teaching, teachings have had the effect and the impact that Jesus has had on the world. And we're going to go through some different scriptures today. You can turn to them if you want as I'm reading through them. Or you can kind of sit back and relax. I love it when people turn. But some of them will be on the screen so you can read along. Uh, but if you want to scroll along in your device or, or crack the paper Bible open and read there, I'm all for that. Please do that. But in examining... The teachings of Jesus and how he taught and, and who he taught and what the content, basic content of his message is, uh, we're going to look through some different scriptures that give us clues and indicators as to what kind of teacher Jesus was. And so I encourage you as we go through some of these scriptures and we just like touch on them, that you maybe jot them down or something and go back and read more thoroughly uh, to discover more about these things. But Matthew seven twenty eight, uh, you can see people's response. And this was a common response. It's recorded a couple of times, but I think this was, when people heard Jesus teach, I think this is a pretty common response that people had. This is, this is the crowds kind of reacting to his amazing teaching. Matthew seven twenty eight. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority, not as their teachers of the law. That begs a couple of questions. Okay, well, how did the teachers of the law teach? What was so different about the way Jesus taught? And one of the big stark contrasts between the way Jesus taught and the religious leaders taught is he didn't use a lot of footnotes. He didn't refer to other people's teachings. He didn't quote people generally. He didn't need to. He was the authority. And so they're saying, man, this guy actually has authority. He's actually saying these things, and he's not referring to anyone else's teaching. He's not looking to someone else to lend credibility to what he's saying. He's just stepping up and delivering this stuff. Whoa, it's powerful. And not only that, he was saying some crazy, powerful stuff. And so they're looking at him going, man, this is intense. And he's not even borrowing from anybody. He's just up there delivering the truth. And so they were amazed at that. So you know, if Jesus wrote a book, it wouldn't need footnotes. He'd just, he just write it. So he's teaching with this great authority, and people notice that. And they responded and they reacted to it. And, and at the very end of his ministry, at the end of his time here on earth, he confirms not only that he has the authority, but he is the authority in Matthew twenty-eight eighteen, He's about to ascend and go back to God. And he's, he's given the commission to his disciples to, to go do what he wants them to do. And he says in Matthew twenty-eight eighteen just what the crowds had identified. He says, um, it says, then Jesus came to them, the people who were gathered. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So he spoke with authority because he had the authority. And this is where really embracing Jesus starts and, and really understanding his teaching starts. It starts with acknowledging that Jesus is the teacher, capital T, capital T. 
He is the teacher. He has the authority. Not just did he have the authority to teach, he still has the authority because he's alive to teach us and guide us today. His, his body of teachings is not this empty, hollow, you know, dusty book thing. He is a living teacher that wants to breathe life into this body of knowledge that we have in the scriptures. So what should our response to that be? And for some of us, it's, wow, I need to acknowledge that. I'm looking for truth. I'm looking for authority. I'm not looking for what other people say. I want to know what God thinks. So this relationship with Jesus starts not just with acknowledging his teaching, but acknowledging who he is as a person and what his authority is, that all authority has been given to him in heaven and on earth. Now, uh, not only did the disciples realize something different about Jesus, but Jesus leaves in Acts 4, his disciples are out there doing what Jesus wanted them to do. They're out there causing a stir. They're doing a lot of the same stuff. that They're, they're saying stuff that's ticking people off. They're out doing things through the power of the Holy Spirit, and they're stirring things up, and the religious leaders are still upset, and they're frustrated. And in Acts 4.13, the, the religious leaders are looking at the disciples and, and listen to what their reflection is. When they saw the courage, not even the knowledge, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, interesting term there, unschooled. Were they unschooled? They just didn't have a degree from their university. They weren't schooled in the way they thought should be schooled. They weren't schooled in traditional sense, but man, they were schooled all right. They had a three-year degree from the Walking Walking with Jesus University. He says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized they were unschooled, ordinary men. And they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Well, that tells you something right there about how Jesus taught. He didn't use a classroom. Or maybe you could say he brought the classroom to the people. Jesus was with the people he taught. As the teacher, he walked with the people he taught. And that is a huge observation to make about the teaching of Jesus and the power of that teaching. He taught by example. As he walked along the roads, he, he, he taught using straight talk using parables, using stories. He taught in contexts and with metaphors that connected with people where they were at. And though they weren't welcome in some of the prestigious classrooms to learn the things that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law knew, Jesus took all of that knowledge. He took the heart of that knowledge. He took it to them on hillsides. He made a classroom out of a shoreline. As he was moving, actually literally traveling from place to place, he would teach as he went by what he did, by what he said. So not only would he say things, he would do it. And he would model it on the spot. And some of his most powerful lessons were what he did, and then he would explain it afterward. And Jesus is with, or at least he offers to be with, the people he teaches now. And maybe you're coming in here and you're exploring the Jesus thing, or you're new to God, and you're thinking, man, I, I, I want to know more. And maybe you thought the only approach to that was to sit in a context like this and listen to someone like me talk, or read a book. And it's not the way it is. This is a relationship. The teacher teaches in the context of a relationship. And so being with the people of God, finding someone, meeting someone who knows Jesus, that you can sit with, that you can talk with, that you can explore the scriptures with them and, and learn Jesus that way. So if you're here and you're new to faith or you're exploring faith, find a person that you can sit with and talk with and have Jesus flow through that relationship to show you who he really is and and for those of you who are in the position where maybe it's time for you to be the teacher of someone else, Jesus was with people. It's not just an invitation to read something. It's not an invitation just to attend something. That's all good. 
but it's an investment that we make in someone's life. It's sitting with them. It's over coffee. It's in funeral homes and hospital corridors. It's in living rooms. It's at work as you're doing something together. That is the relationship that breeds the most effect. And that's how Jesus meant for us as his followers to pass that teaching along. It goes beyond invitation and knowledge and and those surface things. We need to get our hands dirty. And that's what Jesus did, and that's what he's calling us to do. And he's calling us to do it by example, like he did too. Our lives are supposed to, we're not perfect, we mess up. I mean, I'm an idiot, I make mistakes all the time. But we're supposed to at least like, be shining the light of Jesus the best we can and showing people by example how to follow Christ. So, Jesus was with the people he taught. Now, why and what? What was the content? Why did Jesus teach? What, what was his point? What was he driving at? And I'm going to throw a few scriptures at you here too. John 8 Verse 31, to the Jews who had believed in Jesus, he said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So the two words there that just stick out to me are truth and freedom. Truth and freedom. He taught towards truth to reveal the truth, to counteract the lies, the falsehoods, the myths, the legends. He taught the truth. And the purpose for him teaching the truth was so people would be free, unshackled by, from all of the things that shackle us. Sin is the big word for all of it. Unshackled from religion, all the things that bind us and hold us down. John 10.10, Jesus said, the the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus didn't come to to make things boring and dull. He came so that we would have life, so we'd be able to experience what life is, to open our eyes, so we'd take deeper breaths and see the world in a different light and have more of what God has intended and created for us to have. He came so we'd have life. Now, some contrasts. Some, some, some misunderstandings of what knowledge is. Mark 9.33, there's this uh, place where the disciples got it messed up. And Jesus kind of works to try to correct it. Mark 9.33, it says, They came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, what, are you, what were you arguing about on the road? So the disciples were walking, and they were fighting with each other. What were you arguing about? But they kept quiet, because on the way, they had argued about who was the greatest. And we'd look at that and be like, oh, what a bunch of idiots. Why would they do that? I mean, we're the same way, right? Status and, you know, degrees and, and, and who's better than who and, who, you know, am I worth more than this person is and who's going to be the leader? Who's going to be in control? So all this is going on. We may think we're better than that. I don't think we are. Sitting down, Jesus called them together. You know, well, okay, guys, let's sit down and talk about this. Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last. So the, so the purpose of knowledge is not to, to be first. At least not in Jesus' world, not in his kingdom. Whoever wants to be first must be last, and the servant of all. He took a little child whom he placed among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me um, does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. Teacher, said John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we told him to stop, because he wasn't one of us. Jesus says, don't stop him. This knowledge that I'm giving you is not about that. It's not to puff you up, make you feel better than other people. This knowledge is not about that. It's about freedom. That's why he said, go let those people keep doing. Knowledge is supposed to make us more like little kids. Give us more of that attitude that children have that Jesus prized. 1 Corinthians 8.1, Paul says, we, we know that we all possess knowledge, but knowledge puffs up while love builds up. Those who think they know something... Do not yet know as they ought to know. 
So our knowledge should be leading us to love. Knowledge is not an end game. Jesus said you should be known not by your knowledge, but by your love for one another. So knowledge is only as good as it inspires us and empowers us and teaches us how to love more and to do what Jesus wants us to do. So Jesus taught to reveal the truth so that people would be set free. He wanted to help people understand God. He wanted to help people understand God's kingdom, to dispel misunderstandings that people had about God's kingdom. And a lot of times he would say things that drew people further into discovery. He wouldn't give them the answer. He would would say things that would draw them in, and some wouldn't come, but he wanted to draw us into further discovery. He taught for life change. He didn't teach to make us feel important or to make us feel like we're right. They should know us by our love, not our knowledge. Mark 4, 9, Jesus said, Whoever has an ear, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Did Jesus teach exclusively? Kind of, maybe, but not really. He taught everybody. Whoever has ears to hear. Say, well, what does that mean? Jesus taught all who wanted to listen. He taught the crowds because they wanted to come. And whoever was there, he would teach freely. He taught Pilate, had a conversation with Pilate. He didn't remain totally silent before Pilate. He taught, he taught whoever, men, women, children, in individual one-on-one conversations, in large groups. He taught everyone who was humble, who was open, and who was seeking. If you think about it, the only time Jesus didn't speak is before the ignorant and the arrogant. Those are the times that he decided to keep quiet. The people whose hearts were not humble, open, and seeking. Jesus taught all who wanted to listen. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. He taught truth. He taught love for God and others. And if you think about it, this is the heart of the scriptures. What did Jesus teach? He taught the heart of the scriptures. Yes, it was a new teaching in some ways, but it was really the real meaning of what the scriptures had been all along. He taught the heart of the scriptures. And at the very end, we say all this, man, I need that in my life. How do I respond to that? If you look at some of these things, gosh, you might say, I need to be set free. If he taught truth, I need to know the truth. If he taught freedom, I need to be set free. This teacher may be the one you need to be looking for that you need in your life. You need someone that's with you. You don't need cold religion. You need relationships, people that are with you in your life. And that's who we're trying to be here at Riverside. Every community of believers should try to be that. Jesus taught all who wanted to listen. Maybe you feel like you're not good enough or you're not good enough to be sitting in a church or you don't know as much as other people. Put all that aside. If you're humble, if you're open, if you're seeking, you will learn who Jesus is. He will meet you. He will teach you. It's only the ignorant and the arrogant and the closed-hearted that he tends to remain silent before. And then he ends with this. Matthew 28, 19. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And then he sent the Holy Spirit to empower him to do that. Jesus empowered his followers to teach others. How does he teach In large measure, he teaches today through us. 
He wants his followers, after we have made Jesus our teacher and we are with him and we're in community and, and, and being poured into ourselves, after we study the heart of the scriptures for ourselves. And some of us think we, fig- we figured it out. We read a lot of books. We've got their basic bullet points of belief down. We, th- you know, we do that. We make these bullet points of here's what I believe. And then we stop there. If Jesus taught the heart of the scriptures, that means we should always be digging into the heart of the scriptures. And when we dig into the heart of the scriptures, it's not all for us. That love should lead us. Knowledge leads to puffing up self. Love leads to going to others and teaching them and pouring that teaching into them so that they will obey and have that life to the full that Jesus came to offer. So there's something for everybody in this message. So the thing today is make Jesus your teacher and help others do the same. Make Jesus your teacher and help others do the same. And I don't know which side of that you lean on this morning. Whether it's making Jesus your teacher, acknowledging him and, and going after him as the teacher. Or maybe for you it's more, I need, to, I need to start investing more in other people and help them to find out who Jesus is. Obey, and, and let me just point out something real quick, and I'm going to invite David to come on up and have a seat beside me here. David, will you come sit with me? Um, <laughs> Let me just say something, too. I just want to make this very clear, and, and David's going to get up, and he's going to talk about an extremely practical way to do what we are talking about this morning. Obey Jesus' teachings, yes, because they are life and they are truth. But enter a relationship with him. Do not ever separate the teacher from the teachings. A relationship with the teacher is the key to understanding and obeying all of the awesome, incredible teachings of Jesus. Let his teachings lead you to know him. That's the key. It's not about executing a list of commands. It's about knowing who Jesus is. Is Jesus your teacher? Is he your teacher? As you sit here this morning. That that, that may be something you need to think about. Are other people your teacher? Is it a certain denomination? Is it a certain book or a certain system of beliefs with a name and an ism? Or is Jesus really your teacher? Is he the one guiding you? Is he the one that you're going to as your source for morality, information, relationships, decision-making, whatever? Or is Jesus the little religious thing that you keep on a shelf, but then you go do whatever you want? Who is your teacher? And who has the key to life? And you you want proof that Jesus is real? I'll offer you this. It works. His teaching works. Do it, and it works. To me, that's probably the biggest proof of his existence, if that's what you're looking for. Solves all your problems? No, no, no. It does what he said it would do. It'll make you healthier and make your relationships healthier. How can I respond to this message? How can I respond to this message today? David's going to talk to us a little bit about how we can respond in a couple ways to this message. And then we're going to watch a video. And after that video is over, we're going to go live at both sites. And we're going to hopefully spend some time praying and seeking God. And uh, Pastor Bill is going to lead that up at the mills. So, uh, Pastor David, would you talk to us for a minute? Absolutely. Thank you. If you've been around Riverside any time at all, you know that our core purpose for being, the reason why we get to do what it is that we do as a body of believers, that we want to help people find Jesus and we want to help people follow Jesus. And so if you're here today and uh, you're newer to the church, we wanted to share something with you that we began three years ago to try especially 
to help people to follow Jesus. And so in your bulletins, if you just take out your bulletins in both locations, I want to draw your attention to the center portion of your bulletins. And that idea that Donnie was talking about earlier that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, where he talks about the idea of going to all the nations and making disciples, we take that extremely seriously. And so what we wanted to do today is we think about making Jesus our teacher and helping other people uh, to help Jesus to be their teacher. We wanted to let you know about a resource and a tool that we use here at Riverside very specifically to get that done, to fulfill that great commission and the great commandment that Jesus left us, that idea of making disciples. And I know that there are many of us here and at the mills as well that you would say, I want to know how to help my children follow Jesus. I want to have something to help me to do that as they get older, as they grow up. I want to help my grandchildren follow Jesus. This is a tool that we use here that really is an exploration of Matthew's gospel of how Jesus taught and passed on Uh, what he was teaching to his disciples, and we call it Learning to Follow Jesus. And it's a resource that a good friend of our staff has written, and uh, we make it available to you every week in terms of a First Steps book that we have down here around the altar as well as what we have up at the mills down on the altars there. And that is a resource that basically walks through what is it that Jesus taught. He taught us to be with him. you got to to be able to follow Jesus. you got to be able to be with him. It teaches you how to learn to listen to Jesus, how to hear his voice and how to respond. It talks to you about learning to heal. And we all need things that we need to be healed of, but we also need to be healing agents in this world. And so it walks through what did Jesus teach and how did he teach about healing? If you ever have struggled with how do I learn to pray, that's in there as well. How do I manage my time, my talents, my resources, what God has given me? That's in there. And it culminates with the idea of how did Jesus love and how does he want us to love? And so all of those things are in there. And so what we have uh, here at Riverside is a way for you to be able to do that in a one-on-one relationship. We embrace four core environments here at the church. One is a Sunday morning gathering where we all revere God together and we celebrate him. We get together in smaller groups and we connect with each other, then there's this idea of a one-on-one discipleship relationship where you have the opportunity to coach somebody else. There's a lot of ways that you can disciple somebody, a lot of ways you can help somebody else grow in their relationship with Jesus. We tend to use a coach approach. We use a wide variety of them, but one of those ways that we want to help train some of you in is to help other people through a coach approach. And then we always encourage you to daily read your Bible, to spend time. That's a fourth environment. You and Jesus spending time every single day, 15 minutes a day in your chair, wherever it is that you would be, where you could have time with Jesus to spend with him in relationship. So what we wanted to make you aware of is in the center portion of your bulletin, about halfway down, you'll see follow coaching training. There's information in there. And we wanted to invite you today to join. I'm going to be doing this the last Wednesday in April after our small group semester ends and the four Wednesday nights in the month of May here in this facility in Oakmont. And this is an opportunity for those of you who say, you know what, I've been following Jesus for a while and I would like to help someone else to follow this teacher that I follow, to not just follow the teachings, but to help people actually follow 
the Savior. And so if you are interested in that, we've got information down here in both locations. Pastor Bill will lead you through this after the video, as Donnie mentioned. But we've got this spiritual coaching training brochure that tells you what a spiritual coach is and what it isn't. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a counselor. You don't have to be a professor. You just got to be a follower of Jesus who has been trained a little bit in helping somebody else. We have men with men and ladies with ladies, and it's a great experience. We're doing it in Nexus as well as uh, with all of our adults. So that's an opportunity if you'd like to help people to be able to follow Jesus. If you say, hey, wow, before I even get there, I want to be able to be coached. We've got information down here. The First Steps books are available in both locations. We make these available every single week. This is basically an introduction to a bigger book. This basically says, hey, at the beginning, I want to know what it's like to follow Jesus. It talks about those things, the love and the prayer and all those things that we talked about. Both locations have the full books available for you to purchase in the book nooks, but we make the first steps book available to you free, and you can get those down at the altars. There's applications to say, hey, I want to be coached. I want somebody else to walk along with me in this journey, and that's available for you as well. And Pastor Bill will tell you what you need to know at the mills. I'll be down here around the front, and you can come, and you can get these things. You can look at them. You can explore what this could look like so that you could apply what it is that you've heard today. Jesus said that we would be wise if we would hear what he said and if we would do something, if we would act upon it, if we would follow through on what he invited us to do. And I'll tell you what, this was the greatest gift that my parents gave me when I was a teenager. My dad discipled me in a one-on-one relationship. Many of you know that, and it is a passion of mine. And I will do anything that I possibly can, and we will do anything that we can as a church to help you to be able to get to this place where you can disciple your own children and your grandchildren, your nieces and your nephews, whoever might be around you. Maybe it's coaching a friend at work, or maybe it's somebody who you haven't yet met. We will help to pair you up with somebody who needs to be coached, and you can have the opportunity to coach somebody else. We want to empower you to be able to take this seriously, what Jesus has said, to go and make disciples. Now, it's one thing to hear me talk about it up here. We wanted you to actually get to hear from a couple who has been coached through follow. So I'm going to turn it over to our tech team in just a moment. After the video, we'll go live, and Pastor Bill, you'll take it up there at the mills. Hope you have a great day up at the Pittsburgh Mills, and we'll look forward to seeing you next week. being coached and um, I, I can't really explain what that's done for me but I will try so um, I accepted Christ into my heart and I was moved to ask you about coaching and Amy and I just it's it's completely changed everything I took um, all of the things that were in my mind of what a Christian should be and my coach really helped me discover how to follow Christ instead of just a list of roles and to-dos and um, she's been amazing you know and I I came with an agenda I just I didn't even own a Bible at that time and she told me which one to buy because I didn't know there was more than one (laughs) and um, and she just said you know it's it's not all about this it's about you and him and that completely changed everything, just that simple little thought that 
Um, we're, it's not a goal. It's not a six-week goal, and I'm going to be here. I'm not going to arrive. It's, it's just a walk. It's a walk with him, and to be able to share that with somebody intimately, just one-on-one, um, that really gets to know you and um, just to have somebody to bounce things off of. It's just been an amazing experience because I didn't know how to pray or influence or all the attributes that came with that kind of coaching experience. To be able to explore that one-on-one has just really changed my whole entire life through Christ. Yeah, I think the key words is one-on-one. You, know, you can join a small group. You can have you know, friends in the church that will help you with anything. But having that one-on-one relationship with a coach that you can, okay, make a mental note. This happened during my week. I need to ask my coach about that. It's just It's phenomenal just to have that resource available. And being a new believer, you have so many questions. And you run into so many situations during the week where you're like, oh, I don't know what to do. And to have that resource is, is unbelievable. It's a, it's a, I, I can't say enough about it. It's really it's changed necessary. everything. It's absolutely yeah. necessary. Yeah. In, in our journey, yeah. it has been. Yeah, it strengthens it. Everything. It that you, validates things. Yeah. You know, it validates that you know there is anxiety with change. You know, and and what's going on, and why is this happening, and. And it's not even that the, my coach has all the answers. She's not supposed to. Um, it's just a person that you can trust, that loves Jesus, and you can walk with. And it's, it's just a beautiful thing. And the fact that it's not structured to the point where you can't ask questions, where you can't deviate from what you were going to talk about that week, that you can just go off into something else and just bounce ideas off your coach. It, it's, it, the resource is just it's phenomenal to, to have that. It's amazing. I hope that somebody that's watching this video right now that is questioning, um, you know, this whole Christian follow thing um, can just really take away that it doesn't take much. You know, I remember reading um, when I first got my Bible about the mustard seed and how, and I didn't understand what that meant. And now I do because my, my door in my heart was so heavy. And if, if you could just let that door opened just a little bit for it to roll in, that little baby mustard seed, he changes everything. It's so easy. It's so easy. Absolutely. It's just, the door, you just have to crack the door, he'll take over and do the rest. It's... Just surrender. I just hope, anybody seeing this video that has that, just that tiny bit of curiosity, find somebody to ask some questions to, approach somebody and say, hey, I have a question. Anybody would be happy to answer your question. It it truly is a life-changing deal. Jesus will change your life. 100%. And as far as the, the RCC family, I mean, it's just, anybody here would just be honored. I, I think that whenever I asked about being coached, I really expected somebody to say, well, I don't have enough time. And it's just amazing how much people want to help you and how honored they feel to help you. And I've never had that experience before. Um, and that the coaching experience just really... I mean, changed everything just because it's such it's such an awesome thing to go through. Don't be shy, have somebody. <laughs> That's my biggest thing. Is just I hope people see this video and can relate to us and just walk up to somebody and just ask them something. Just because we had so many questions when we first came to church. We were embarrassed to ask. Absolutely, absolutely. We didn't know who to ask. We we were embarrassed to ask. And once those questions are answered, it just springboard you into the next part of the journey and that's what I don't want somebody to miss that.
Thank you for listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.riversideconnect.org.